discuter de tout ça. I don't want to set the world on fire. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good evening, good afternoon, or good morning, whenever it may be, wherever you may be, and however you may be hearing my voice. Whether it be via download through one of the many podcast platforms, or if you are listening to the premiere on the Alternate Current Radio's live stream, I appreciate you tuning in and joining me as we attempt to navigate the shark-infested waters of the agenda-centivized media and look past the propaganda. This is your daily dose of what's currently all the ruckus. What in God's name is going on in here? What was that ruckus? Uh, what ruckus? I was just in my office and I heard a ruckus. Could you describe the ruckus, sir? Watch your tongue, young man. Watch it. Howdy, folks. I hope I'm coming in loud and clear. Speaking of loud, the noise coming from one man's church bell is disturbing the peace for some residents in New York City. Meanwhile, in Ontario, Canada, the noise coming from a local pickleball court is disturbing one poor lady's sense of reality. The noise coming from the end of a sonic boom weapon is so loud it would blow your mind. And it could, quite literally. And the noise coming from Shanghai will send shivers down your spine. Unless, of course, you are Bill Gates, in which case it will sound like music to your ears. All of this and more coming up. You're listening to Alternate Current Radio. I'm Adam Clark, and this is The Daily Ruckus. Hey folks, real quick before we begin today, what you are listening to is actually the regular standard version of today's episode of The Daily Ruckus. And you should be aware that I am beginning to make special deluxe premium bonus versions of each episode from here on out, which means that if you are hearing this, wherever it is that you're hearing it, you should press stop right now and go visit alternatecurrentradio.com to find out how you can hear the expanded version of today's episode. And as always, thank you so much for tuning in. Alright folks, the good news first. Not all loud noises are bad. As reported by CNN, you might assume a quiet environment might be crucial for the steady hands of a surgeon, but a newly published study says listening to music can enhance a surgeon's performance. Loud rock music had the most beneficial impact. The study, conducted by researchers at Germany's Heidelberg University, tested novice surgeons performing laparoscopic procedures by blasting AC DC hits like TNT and Highway to Hell. Results showed that hard rock significantly improved both the accuracy and speed of tasks performed, particularly when played at a high volume. Quote, I believe it, surgical oncologist at Ohio State University Dr. Timothy Polwick said. Polwick says he listens to all kinds of music in the operating room. Quote, everything from country to pop 
to hard rock to Christian, he said. Paulick believes there is a very, quote, therapeutic nature to music for both caregivers and patients. He likes to have the music on pretty loudly while in the operating room. Quote, I want to make sure people don't have the impression they're at a rock concert, Paulick said. But yeah, I play some hard rock in the operating room, end quote. If you are scheduled for a procedure soon, you might consider urging your surgeon to rock out. CNN News Source, WLOX.com. Of course, you might not be so keen on the idea of loud noises of any kind being involved in your procedure if you happen to be going under surgery due to a health problem that was caused by loud noises in the first place. According to a 2011 study by the World Health Organization, quote, among environmental factors in Europe, environmental noise leads to a disease burden that is second in magnitude only to that from air pollution, end quote. The study found that traffic-related noise, quote, accounts for over one million healthy years of life lost annually to ill health, disability, or early death. End quote. Also, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency has said, quote, Problems related to noise include stress-related illnesses, high blood pressure, speech interference, hearing loss, sleep disruption, and lost productivity, end quote. And environmental health researchers from Columbia University, Harvard University, and the University of California, Berkeley, reported on the website The Conversation in 2017 that noise exposure, quote, triggers the release of stress hormones, which can raise our heart rates and blood pressure even during sleep. Long-term consequences of these reactions include high blood pressure, type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and lower birth weight, end quote. So noise is not just annoying, it's potentially unhealthy. Of course, most people these days don't seem that interested in addressing their health. However, they were usually happy to complain about anything that annoys them. The New York Post reports, A bearded disciple with a bell and a cross marches around Manhattan's east side every Sunday morning, ringing his toll and blessing the neighborhood. While locals have no issue with the man spreading the good word, some say he does it so loudly it could wake the dead. Quote, For most people, you're out on the weekend, you're working the whole week, you want to rest on Sunday said Sylvia Gerber, a Turtle Bay resident of two decades. You don't want to be awakened by this bell, end quote. She said she first started hearing the bell ringer two years ago. Quote, I can hear it from blocks away, Irene O'Halloran told the Post. She said the bell is obnoxious and stands out from the rest of the city's noise. Constant emergency sirens, car horns, and roaring bus engines. Quote, it's not a pretty church bell. It's a nuisance noise, and he just keeps going, she said. There doesn't seem to be any rhyme or reason to it. People who say, you live in a city, it's always loud, don't realize how annoying this bell is, end quote. The Pope of Turtle Bay, who only identified himself as Nikolai, parked his blue Honda Civic on East 47th Street on 8 a.m. one Sunday this month before donning his signature chime and crucifix. For the next 20 minutes, he paraded around the neighborhood, stopping to bless Holy Family Catholic Church on East 47th Street, the Church of the Covenant on East 42nd Street, the United Nations building, and to give money to a homeless man who goes by the name of Knife. Quote, for me, the bell is whatever. It's not something to get worked up over, Knife said. Others insist Nikolai is harmless and only adds to the colorful tapestry of New York City characters. Quote, one way New York has 
changed for the worse in recent years has been in the decline, the death of quite harmless eccentricity, Turtle Bay resident Alan Rao posted on Next Door in response to Gerber's complaints. Quote, this is what adds to the fabric of the city. Not everyone can be as normal as you, something for which we should thank God, end quote. One artist captured Nikolai bearing his cross and made an NFT out of it. Quote, this type of character intrigues me a lot, Colombian photographer Julian Lopez said in a text. He made me wonder a lot of things about him. Who is this guy? What did he want to communicate by carrying that cross? How often does he do it? I was impressed by the decisive way in which he walked. I followed him for almost 15 blocks, and nothing made him stop. Not even a red light. End quote. NYPost.com Clearly a man on a mission. It's a shame that some of the local residents are annoyed by the noise he causes, but I suspect it's not necessarily a specific example of a quote-unquote unhealthy noisy situation, unlike the next story. As reported by Yahoo News, Move over, Hell's Angels. There's a new breed of troublemaker in Niagara-on-the-Lake, and they're fanatics about pickleball. The Niagara-on-the-Lake Pickleball Club is at the center of a legal dispute between between the town and resident Oana Scathesi, who is claiming the noise from the pickleball courts at the Centennial Sports Park in Virgil, has made her NOTL existence unbearable. Scathesi has filed charges against the town and the club in Provincial Offenses Court for violation of the town's own noise bylaw, specifically Section 3, which states, quote, no person shall make, cause, or permit sound or vibration at any time, which is likely to disturb the quiet, peace, rest, enjoyment, comfort, or convenience of the inhabitants of the town, end quote. Quote, for the last three years, I have been tortured by a high noise produced by the pickleball players, Scafessi testified during a trial on the matter Wednesday morning in Welland Court. This affected my health, affected my work performance, and affected altogether my life. End quote. Scafessi said her goal with the case is to quote-unquote have my life back and said she believes the town should move the courts. Justice of the Peace Mary Shelley reserved judgment and said she will make her ruling in the case on June 15th. Scafessi said she moved to her home in Lambert's Walk, a townhouse community directly adjacent to the sports park in 2012 so she could quote have a peaceful and quiet life as any resident deserves and as any hard-working person deserves. End quote. The park had long been home to tennis courts, which in 2019 were transitioned into pickleball courts. The pickleball club has been using the courts ever since, its membership quickly growing to more than 200 people. In an email to the Lake Report, club president John Hindle said, quote, The approximately 240 pickleball club members, understandably, have a wide variety of opinions on this situation, ranging from head-shaking incredulousness to outrage. End quote. In response to the court case, which began more than a year ago, the town recently closed the outdoor pickleball courts and opened six courts inside Centennial Arena as replacements. Quote, the temporary relocation of the pickleball courts is in response to identified noise concerns associated with the use of the outdoor pickleball courts, says an email from the town to the club. Scafessi said that the sound from the tennis courts and other park activities never bothered her and her problems began with the onset and growth of 
of pickleball as a popular community sport. The noise produced by the rackets and balls has greatly affected her mental health to the point where she can hear the noise even when nobody is playing she told the court, quote, It's a serious thing when you hear things which are not real, Scafessi said. Every single morning when I wake up, I was thinking about another torture day. I have been tortured every single day. My life is not peaceful. It's a tortured life, end quote. Scafessi's attorney called to witness Todd Bush, an engineer specializing in acoustic sound for more than 25 years. Bush visited Scafessi's property and took sound decibel recordings to determine the noise level of the pickleball players. Bush said the noise level of the sound of the pickleball striking a racket measured 77 decibels on Scafessi's balcony. Bush utilized a provincial document, the Environmental Noise Guideline, Stationary and Transportation Sources, NPC-300, to explain his findings. Under this document, an acceptable decibel volume on a residential property is around 50. The sound of the pickleball exceeded that by 27 decibels, Bush said. Every extra 10 decibels equates to a doubling in perceived loudness, meaning the extra 27 decibels are nearly 8 times the acceptable volume under the noise guideline, Bush said. Quote, there's a clear violation. That's an intrusive noise, end quote. ca.news.yahoo.com Jeez, that sucks, that poor woman. You know what else sucks? Speaking of rackets, Dr. Ron Paul says the Ukraine war is a racket, as posted on the Ron Paul Institute Monday, April 25th, 2022. War is a racket, wrote U.S. Major General Smedley Butler in 1935. He explained, quote, A racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of the people. Only a small inside group knows what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many. Out of war, a few people make huge fortunes." End quote. General Butler's observation describes the U.S.-NATO response to the Ukraine war perfectly. The propaganda continues to portray the war in Ukraine as that of an unprovoked Goliath out to decimate an innocent David unless we in the U.S and NATO contribute massive amounts of military equipment to Ukraine to defeat Russia. As is always the case with propaganda, this version of events is manipulated to bring an emotional response to the benefit of special interests. One group of special interests profiting massively on the war is the U.S. military-industrial complex. Raytheon CEO Greg Hayes recently told a meeting of shareholders that, quote, everything that's being shipped into Ukraine today, of course, is coming out of stockpiles, either at DOD or from our NATO allies, and that's all great news. Eventually, we'll have to replenish it, and we will see a benefit to the business, end quote. He wasn't lying. Raytheon, along with Lockheed Martin and countless other weapons manufacturers, are enjoying a windfall they have not seen in years. The U.S. has committed more than $3 billion in military aid to Ukraine. They call it aid, but it is actually corporate welfare, Washington sending billions to arms manufacturers for weapons sent overseas. By many accounts, these shipments of weapons, like the Javelin anti-tank missile jointly manufactured
captured by Raytheon and Lockheed Martin are getting blown up as soon as they arrive in Ukraine. This doesn't bother Raytheon at all. The more weapons blown up by Russia in Ukraine, the more new orders come from the Pentagon. Former Warsaw Pact countries, now members of NATO, are in on the scam as well. They've discovered how to dispose of their 30-year-old Soviet-made weapons and receive modern replacements from the U.S. and other Western NATO countries. While many who sympathize with Ukraine are cheering, this multi-billion dollar weapons package will make little difference. As former U.S. Marine Intelligence Officer Scott Ritter said on the Ron Paul Liberty Report last week, quote, I can say with absolute certainty that even if this aid made it to the battlefield, it will have zero impact on the battle, and Joe Biden knows it. End quote. What we do see is that Russians are capturing modern U.S. and NATO weapons by the ton and even using them to kill more Ukrainians. What irony. Also, what kinds of opportunities will be provided to terrorists with thousands of tons of deadly high-tech weapons floating around Europe? Washington has admitted that it has no way of tracking the weapons it is sending to Ukraine and no way to keep them out of the hands of the bad guys. War is a racket to be sure. The U.S. has been meddling in Ukraine since the end of the Cold War, going so far as overthrowing the government in 2014 and planting the seeds of the war we are witnessing today. The only way out of a hole is to stop digging. Don't expect that anytime soon. War is too profitable. RonPaulInstitute.org And hey... What's a talk about war without a talk about weapons, am I right? And keeping with today's theme, here's one noise that's definitely bad for your health. Taken from strangesounds.org. In 1969, the USSR led a small yet potentially devastating conflict in the Far East with its communist ally China. Soviet high command came up with the idea of a completely new type of weapon, an aircraft that could kill without any munitions at all and leave no contamination to the area where it strikes. M-25 was to be the first and only aircraft designed to use the sonic boom to devastate enemy troops in an open-terrain battlefield. But was this the real background of the story, and why did the project never come to life? Hold your color as we investigate the M25 Hell Reaper. The story of the M25 actually starts with the end of the strategic nuclear bomber, or rather, the launch of Sputnik with rockets able to leave the atmosphere, cross the planet, and perhaps deliver an unstoppable nuclear payload. The Russian government at the time saw that the age of large lumbering bombers was over, and it was time to go to space. Stalin, who had been obsessed with expanding the Air Force, was out, and his replacement, Khrushchev, saw that rockets were the future. Any new aircraft would need to be missile carriers, called Rakintonisets. The age of intercontinental ballistic missiles was here, and beating this drum was Vladimir Vasilyevich Struminsky. He would see that all research and effort be moved from aircraft to rockets at a moment's notice. Many sources state that the idea for this project came into life after the Sino-Soviet conflict in 1969, but the actual idea was conceived a year before, in 1968. However, in 1969, 
a crucial meeting occurred between the aforementioned Sturminsky and the famous Soviet aircraft constructor Vladimir Mikhailovich Miasischev, the one responsible for so many of the Soviet Union's most famous aircraft. Where the M25 was born, or should we say could have been born, this plane design wouldn't need any onboard weapons or bombs. It would be impossible to stop the wave, and unlike nukes, there wouldn't be any radiation to clean. With the old guard and the new on board, and the backing of the USSR military, the two got to work. They started with existing supersonic aircraft, like the MiG-21. Several test flights were conducted at Lipetsk Air Base, with the MiGs flying at around 25 meters, with the speed of over Mach 1. These trials were used to see how fast an aircraft would need to go, what problems might arise, and where extra research was needed. The hope was a simple plane already in the USSR arsenal would be sufficient. But the experiments with the MiG-21 sonic boom only generated enough pressure to shatter glass, not concrete, steel, or human bones. They would need to build a custom airframe that could dial up the boom to earth-decimating levels. As with all top-secret Soviet projects, it would have the simple name of Theme 25. The reason that they had to return to the drawing board was because of normal aircraft design. A typical plane wants as little drag as possible to preserve fuel. Low drag means a lower sonic boom. Thus, the new design would need to be radical. At 110 tons, 39 meters, and a wingspan of 25 meters, it would have the appearance and aerodynamics of a flying brick. Flat surfaces would replace a round cross section, and there would be two tails either side of the rear. To push through the air at the speeds needed to go supersonic, the plane would need four vast engines mounted above the fuselage. Engines which would be ungodly powerful and guzzle fuel. Other alternatives were considered, such as having the engines under the wings to improve the drag. There would be a single pilot, situated at the front of the plane, riding the sonic boom like a surfer riding a record-breaking tsunami. Under the bottom of the plane, there would be a special fuselage protrusion described as a ledge. It would extend when the plane was lining up for an attack and increase the drag by up to 60%. The ledge itself would have several little ribs that could be controlled to better focus the assault. The plane would fly low to the ground, mere meters at Mach 1.4, deploy the ledge, and wreck havoc. The final result? A sonic boom shockwave that would reach up to 6 psi, enough to collapse buildings, suffocate tanks, and burst heads. Gruesome stuff indeed. Strangesounds.org. Yikes. And if you think that sounds bad, wait till you hear this. That, dear listener, is residents of Shanghai screaming from their homes as they're starving to death under severe lockdowns thanks to a strict quote-unquote zero-COVID policy. 
Yes, the very same policy that people like Mr. Bill Gates has praised openly in public. Yay? So what the heck is going on in Shanghai? Well, let's take a peek, shall we? Courtesy of Ethan Huff, writing for Natural News. Just like what happened in the beginning of 2020, before the first phase of the pandemic was launched, strange reports are emerging out of China about the extreme measures that are supposedly being taken to combat the all-new BA.2 subvariant of the Omicron variant of the virus. The Epoch Times reported an alleged SOS letter claiming that the city of Shanghai, or at least parts of it, are in chaos amid the Chinese Communist Party's new lockdown. Not only are residents suffering under the heavy boot of tyranny, but so is the supply chain. Quote, the letter depicts chaos in the writer's community amid the absence of management, a China in focus news report explained about the situation. The letter says that positive COVID-19 cases have erupted and the area is at the brink of collapse. End quote. We already know that a quote-unquote positive case means absolutely nothing since the PCR tests are fraudulent, but apparently the government and media are testing the waters to see just how dumbed down people are to fall for this ridiculous ruse a second time. Someone named Mr. Huang, who was interviewed by the Epoch Times, said 90% of the buildings in his area of Shanghai supposedly now house virus patients. Quote, Our community has been on lockdown since April the 1st, Huang is quoted as saying, and on the 3rd, there were only one or two positive cases. However, four days later, the positive cases rose to 36. What's the significance here? End quote. Some of these positive cases have been taken from their homes and relocated somewhere, though nobody seems to know where. There is suspicion that these cases are now being housed in quarantine facilities, but no proof to back it. Quote, nobody knows where they will be taken to, Huang said. It's like the lottery. The regular people have no idea where these people are sent. End quote. Shanghai appears to have halted many public services throughout the community, though the full extent of this remains unknown. Quote, we never had any official release, the number of positive cases, Huang went on to claim, and the community service staff seemed to have disappeared. They totally ignored our existence. End quote. Calling the city's helpline or community service leads nowhere now because residents never hear anything back, reports said. So some people are now just trying to help each other out in lieu of government intervention. Quote, just now, Huang claimed, an old woman was suffering from high fever and residents from other buildings delivered medication to her at their own risk. End quote. The SOS letter further claims that Shanghai residents who test negative are being instructed to deliver supplies to those who test positive without any personal protective gear. So much for stopping the spread. Garbage collection has also supposedly become a problem for COVID-19 positive residents of Shanghai who are no longer receiving normal pickups and are having to live with waste piling up inside their homes. Naturalnews.com Well, that certainly sounds like it stinks in more ways than one. But all kidding aside, I don't know about you folks, this whole thing has actually put me in a really bad mood. So I'm going to go ahead and end this one right here. I need to uh, go let off some steam. So if you'll excuse me, as much as I hate to potentially contribute to the eventual demise of my next door neighbors, I'm going to go play some really loud rock music. If anyone complains, I'll just tell them I'm a surgical oncologist and I'm with a patient.
For the ACR, I'm Adam Clark, and this has been The Daily Ruckus for Wednesday, April 27, 2022. For more information, please visit alternatecurrentradio.com.